Hi everybody and welcome to MCK You Know. I'm Kira. And I'm Rianne. Um, today we have our new women's bowling coaches with us. So we're just going to have you introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little background. Okay, well I'm Brianna Clemmer. I'm from Clover, South Carolina, born and raised. I've coached at Pikeville for a year as a graduate assistant and I'm currently on the PWBA tour. Um, competing professionally, which is awesome. Um, I'm also a McKendree alum, so pretty familiar to be here and excited to be here with you guys. Good. And my, my name is Sean Bybee, uh, former alumni. I graduated with my undergrad here in 2016. Uh, then my master's again in 2021, uh, originally from Detroit, Michigan, and uh, don't have any professional experience outside <laughs> the regional tour, uh, but I have bowls and professional events outside of that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to start this. Awesome. Uh, we both know that you both bowled for McKendry as you're in your undergrad. Uh, what makes you want to come back to McKendry and coach? Um, personally, I love everything about the school and campus. I fell in love with it when I visited here back in, it seems forever ago, but like 2015, <laughs> 2016. And um, just the environment, I always felt supported. I didn't feel like we weren't, like I didn't have anyone that I could go to. Um, and I just want to be a part of that environment and be able to um, <coughs> play a role in that success. Sorry, dying over here. <coughs> uh, for me, it was uh, something I've always loved my, for the sport. I'm very involved in bowling. I'm very much of a student of it. Can't get enough of it. So uh, I worked professionally in logistics for a while and then uh, this opportunity came up, and it was just one of those things that I felt like it was a good opportunity to kind of give back to where it was from. Uh, <coughs> but, uh, yeah, having it come back to Bear, uh, McKendry, where it kind of all started for me, was kind of the biggest thing. Um, I actually I was discussing this with people. I don't think it's a better opportunity for a first, like, coronation into it. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, do you guys have, like, a set reason of, like, why you wanted to start coaching? I kind of just fell into it, I guess. Um, I My brother was bowling for Belmont Abbey back home in South Carolina, so um, they asked me to be a volunteer coach, and so I just volunteered whenever I could, and whenever I had time, I was teaching at the time, so my I would go and teach and then come straight to the bowling alley after teaching and then go with them on the weekend. So I kind of started to love it there, and then I got the opportunity with Pikeville, and going to school, getting my master's, you know, for free was nice. And um, then I talked to Sean and everything just fell into place here. So, I mean, I kind of just fell into it in a way. Yeah. I would say it's a little different for myself. Um, I didn't really think I would be in collegiate coaching, uh, especially after my undergrad. It was more of a, hey, let's find a career, kind of settle on that for 15, 20 years, do it, save the money, retire, kind of deal. But, uh, some different things kind of took place in professional life. I kind of got let go from my first job for cutback, so got that real-life professional experience, unfortunately. But um, kind of toyed around, got picked up by a pro shop. I've always been in the bowling center since I was in middle school, high school. And it was one of those things, like, I learned how to drill at Bowling IQ under Kirk Pilon and Andrew Anderson and Aaron Lawrence. Um, so that's when I kind of re rekindled it. Like, I've always been a competitive bowler, but learning the pro shop side of it, I was like, you know, this is something I really like to do. Uh, if I kind of tied into a career, that'd be awesome, except... It's not really that plentiful in the bowling world. You usually have to work another full-time job. So uh, when the opportunity came back to come down for my master's, I was excited. Um, obviously, it's a little bit different financially. Uh, you're working off a stipend, but it helped me build through and learn from the O'Keeffe's and 
learn again from Dennis what I needed to know. And it was kind of at that time, I was like, maybe I could do this as like a profession, as a career. Um, but then COVID hit and honestly, it kind of got wiped away like immediately. So I went back into logistics. Um, honestly, this is not a role I saw myself in five, six months ago. I was working in logistics again, different company. I was pretty successful and then just some stuff changed up. And uh, yeah, so it was kind of weird on the timing. Like this popped open after the O'Keeffe's announced they were leaving. And uh, it took me a couple of months to apply, but I was like, maybe this, this is what I want to do. So I uh, kind of took a shot. Uh, it's been welcomed with open arms for the most part. Uh, it's definitely been hectic trying to learn before we had Brianna in here the first month, month and a half. But uh, I'm glad she's here. She compliments as well. So um, I would honestly say I didn't see it coming. I would always love to coach, but never thought I'd have this opportunity in this capacity, so. Awesome. What has been the most challenging part of coming to this group of girls, and what is the most rewarding? I think for me, personally, it's just trying to figure out how all the personalities mesh into one. I think that's hard with any team, um, and just trying to figure out, okay, what works for this person, but doesn't work for this person, and how can we get the same point across? Um, I think that also goes into Sean and I as well, just figuring out how our personalities work together and then how can we build on that to be better. Um, <clears throat> and the most rewarding, hmm, that's <laughs> I know, it's still, it's still so early in the season, yeah. but like... I mean, I've had little glimpses so far, just seeing it click, like what we're trying to teach you girls is like seeing it click and then it's just so rewarding because I know what it feels like. Oh, my gosh, I got it. I finally understand. And, like, I was working with a girl the other day, and she did something perfectly, exactly what Sean and I wanted her to do. And she's so excited. And it, just seeing that look on their, like, your faces, you know, that's really rewarding for me. So what was the first half of the question? I got the reward was the back half. What was the front half? Sorry. Uh, what's been, like, the most challenging part of coming in? Okay. So I would say... The most challenging part, actually, I'll start it the opposite way. I'll start the opposite way. It's the easiest one. Uh, the most rewarding is being able to take something that I see, like I'm very analytical, and trying to figure out how to go about it so people understand. So um, we're working with, like, I myself, sometimes I have trouble explaining something or, like, flipping it, but I try to relate it the easiest way I can. Um, and I would actually say it's kind of surprised me how when I've kind of given it in a more technical way of saying something, that everybody's caught on. Like, there's only been once or twice I've had to flip it, which is, well, was probably my biggest surprise. Um, the biggest reward to that would be uh, seeing how much you guys want to work hard. I know it's been obviously a switch up this year with how everything's being run, but um, I think when we work with you guys, like it's always on my end. I'm like, is this the right fix? Like, is this the right tweak? And when we kind of like I see it pay, or pay off in a shot, Brianna sees it, and all of a sudden it becomes repetition. All of a sudden, you guys turn around and smile like that, that like kills yeah. me. Like, yeah. like that's my reward, knowing that you guys are like understanding it, like you know what we're trying to do. So that that's my biggest one. Um, the hardest part, I would say, <laughs> probably being the lone male with <laughs> like uh, thirteen very strong independent women. Um, <laughs> so, um, just obviously, like I said, if we're joking around and stuff, like we have the Sean was wrong counter. So I think it's a good We're environment. Up to seven, by the way. Did I we just add like that? Did <laughs> we add yes. them? Okay, yep. good. I really, good. I don't really think there's been any challenges. Like it's still early, like you guys said. Like I don't, I don't really see for like any challenges yet. So it's just meshing the personalities, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. kind of knowing when to dial back my energy when, 
somebody hasn't had their coffee yet, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> at me next time. So, <laughs> so, well, going off of that, what are you guys most excited for this season? Goodness, you're hitting us <laughs> this morning. I'm most excited to watch you girls compete. I feel like you, within practice, you know, you, sometimes you can kind of go with the motions. You can kind of have those days, but you practice how you compete. And seeing some of you, like, how you practice, and you're so energetic and you're ready to do it and just figure it out, like, that plays a role into, like, competition. Granted, I missed the first two, so I have to wait a little bit, but I'm just excited to watch you girls compete. I think that's the most exciting part for some of you as well, so to see you go out there and just unapolog- unapologetically be yourselves, and I love watching that, so. Yeah. Jeez, I wish I was as good as speakers, y'all. <laughs> um, I was going to say kind of the same deal so like I can prep you guys as much as you want and it's different like I love to be, like be in control of like the moment to be able to throw the shot myself but it's one of those things for me learning that like I just have to prepare you the best as possible to see you guys kind of succeed so um kind of go with that awesome yes so looking at the team as a whole what are the new things you're implementing this season a lot of things. <laughs> I feel like we've been working a lot on mental game in small ways. I don't know if you agree, Sean, but we're working trying to put the mental aspect, have it more of like an importance. Um, because, you know, no matter if you're getting up there to throw the shot or if Sean's getting up there to throw the shot, you know, you have to be 110% trusting in your teammate. And I feel like mental game plays a huge role. So, like, that's kind of where I've been coming in a lot more than Sean has. Um, like team bonding, we're doing a bunch of stuff. Like it's just so exciting. Team bonding, spares, which you've always done. But I think those are the few for now that we're doing that will play a bigger role later in the season. I would agree. Probably that mental game stuff that you're a little more knowledgeable in, which is I'm perfectly fine with that. But I would say <clears throat> the big thing is like keeping your focus for an entire two-hour practice session is tough. So breaking it down into stations, like we're talking about when we go into re- regular season, like half-hour rotations, um, I think that'll help us big time with focus-wise. Uh, and the big thing that I guess it wouldn't be implementing, but being more open if you guys have questions, like just yeah. throw them at us. Like I'll figure out a way to explain it differently for you uh, or kind of explain <clears throat> like what I'm seeing kind of what I think it could be and then trying to make those tweaks like we're working with you a little bit here on some stuff and it's like how can I say it to where you get it and it was like the second way I kind of flipped it and Brianna said something it clicked so I would say it's a little more the Q&A like if you don't if you don't kind of get what I'm saying which is common we joke about it all the time um, just letting <laughs> me trying to figure out a different way to say it yeah. and then kind of going from there so I would say it's those rotations breaking it down to be a little more focused and then I think it's a lot more of an open seminar type deal like if you kind of don't know what we're working on I'll fully explain it kind of to and fro and what this could be and what's our next step after that so yeah and if like Sean if you still don't understand it if Sean explains it then you can ask me or Dennis and vice versa like we have a really wide range of coaching here Uh, we all have knowledge in different things so I think we're pretty lucky in that to have that as well so awesome Um, okay so kind of getting back to like on-campus type stuff, what are ways that you guys think other people on campus who aren't a part of the bowling program in any way can come out and support the bowling team? I think coming to the home tournament, I remember like when I was here, 
obviously a long time ago. <laughs> Sean and I were here, but um, they would come to the home tournament and watch. I remember it was like my freshman year, and people started screaming, and I turned around like, what is that? And like the whole hockey team was there. And it was just so awesome to have support. So like you have friends in other sports, tell them like, hey, come and watch us. Like if you don't understand what we do and we're a very successful team on campus, like come and watch. And, you know, that's one way you could get them to do it. Or, I mean, it's kind of the only way because that's the closest one that we have besides Chicago. So trying to get them there I think is really important. Even, like, professors. You can always ask your professors. I've had a couple who's come out to watch. Like, just asking them, getting the word out. So I was about to say kind of a similar thing. Um, I know the one cool thing I like about this university is, for example, I played in a golf scramble a couple of, or like a month ago. Uh, Shirley Ball, she was a long-time uh, faculty member here, probably 30, 40-plus years. I hadn't seen her in six, seven years. She immediately asked me after I got hired in, she's like, how's the team look? Uh, so I think the faculty support is really, really strong for our teams. Um, oftentimes, not Tammy Eggleston, who's one of our sports psychologists here, will actually come to the events. Our athletic director will come support us, so will Shirley Ball. But the biggest thing, like Brianna said, it's a different atmosphere. It's not like you're at a basketball game where there's chants and stuff. Uh, but even having 15, 20, 30 kids behind you, like that maybe don't understand it, but can start to realize like how like complex the bowling actually is. It's the most individual sport you can possibly play. It's the only sport you can play where your everything's perceived by your eyes. Like you can't see the oil, you can't see what it's doing. So um, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, so I would say getting people out, kind of supporting us, because like they're long days. You don't have to be in there entirely eight hours but (laughs) like that little morale boost can really like uptick you through an entire tournament um i know when we used to prepare for nationals when i was an undergrad uh, we had i'm probably wrong but it was either the women's basketball or women's volleyball team would come out and they would line the lanes like we would unoil two lanes or just not oil them clean them and we told them like hey stand on the right lane stand left lane make as much noise as you want scream in their faces because when you're at nationals it's loud like you're in this little box trying to throw a shot and there's screaming going on every second. So if you can learn to block it out, like there's really nothing that's going to bother you. And I know you guys can preach to it. I, I walk around the lanes on purpose. I will walk in front of you. I will make noises while you're take, throwing shots. But you guys are... Lay down are, on the approach yesterday. Yeah, I will lay down on the approach right next <laughs> to you. Trying to sabotage our team. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, uh, it's all things that I think, like it's like a ha-ha kind of moment. But now when you get there and somebody screams in your backswing or something drops, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to notice it. So I think that really played a big part, like, our run my senior year. It was loud. Like, the crowd was 70% William Patterson. So it's like, it was loud, and it was just one of those things that we were able to block it out because, in a way, we have been prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe not in that instance that's down the road, but having people actually come out, like, our girls go and support hockey, football. Like, you don't have to stay the entire time, but getting a little crowd out there and maybe on match play Sunday would be cool. Uh, kind of when it's those head-on-head matches instead of bullying against everybody. So yeah. I think that support would be awesome. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of that question, how would you like to see us girls go out and support people on campus? I think going to the games, that's a big, big thing. I think, you know, is we can have, like, the whole team go, I think. Because if you want that support, you have to be able to do it for other teams as well. So I think going to as many games as you possibly can, you know, just letting them know that they're supported. If you're friends with them, like, RGA lives with volleyball players, so, like, we're going to start going to their games and stuff. So, like, 
making sure you get out there and show them that you're there and that you want to be supported, then they're, they will be more open to reciprocating that back to you. It's just like she said, you can't ask for something. Really, you can't expect something if you don't kind of put yourself out there for them. So um, I would say kind of the same deal, being present for them. Uh, I know at D1 institutions, a big, in, big thing about the college life is going to football games, going to basketball games. The cool thing about McKendree is that D2, it's a small school. So you're going to these football games where you know these people firsthand. Like you might room with a basketball player. You might room with a wrestler. So it's more than it's just an athlete for the university. It's an actual friend. So it's one of those things, like, if you're there for your friends, they're there for you. That'd be the easiest way to reciprocate it, I think. Um, that's a big thing in my undergrad. We were friends with, like, the entire baseball team. Baseball team, cheerleading. So, like, it was always back and forth. We'd go to baseball games, go to football games, and then they would show up at our matches. So it just, I think the smaller university gives it more opportunity there for that. But, again, it's not so much supporting the other teams as supporting your other friends, like I think. Uh, so you mentioned team bonding. Like, do you think there'll be, like, community service with the team at one point this season? I was thinking about doing it. I think it's really, really important. Um, we used to work with Special Olympics at St. Clair Bowl. Um, they would have it twice a year, so we would go to both of them. So I think it's very important to get back to the community because the community does a lot for you guys. So um, definitely yeah, so our freshmen do the end of the streets to kick off kind of their community service aspect to it. Uh, but there is something going on that we're going to start sharing and getting a little more involved in it, too. It's the team aspect. Uh, so the university would like to see, like, 20, 25 hours, I believe it's a semester, with the team involved. So it's just trying to figure out those opportunities when it kind of fits into our schedule because we have such a small team that most of us are going to travel, that a lot of those opportunities are on weekends. Uh, but figuring out also how to keep you guys safe. Like, if it's during the week, if it's a location-based stuff, trying to figure out the logistics to it. But, yes, there are some opportunities out there um, and definitely would like to start diving into those this year or in that second semester too. So Yeah, I mean, like, even going to, like, an animal shelter, they always need help. So, like, getting hours in there every week, a, like, um, like a homeless shelter, giving out food, like, we used to, I used to do that. Like, you can find ways to do that as well. Even helping around here around campus too, like, you can find ways to do that. And, I mean, I would love to go play with puppies and kittens all day, so yeah, that would be too. awesome. Yes. So, I mean, you might even see me or Sean out there. So. Um, okay, so one last question is, what is one thing you want non-bowlers to know about bowling? <laughs> oh. Wow. All eyes on short. <laughs> Just throw this one at me. Oh, I did. I went first before. Yeah. I know. I, there was a couple times I was going to flip it over, but you'd already started. So, um... I think, in a sense, bowling is not a hobby. It is a sport. Um, if you kind of chuckle about it, uh, I would love to see you guys come out, throw a 14-pound ball at 16 to 20 miles an hour off your hand while utilizing your entire body weight and every muscle in your body uh, over the course of eight hours. I mean, it's not a high-impact sport, but at the same time, it is a lot of load on one hand. Uh, bowling ball-wise, you're... I don't know. It's just a sport to me. Um, it's mentally taxing more so than I think physically. Again, kind of like I mentioned before, like you can't see the oil that's on the lane. That's how the ball gets down the lane. You can't see it. It's built up differently and oiled differently. I just, I think the PBA is doing a good job of that. Let's just put it that way. Like with the colored oil you see on telecast. Yeah. I think that's the visual this sport needs for people to start understanding more. And I've actually had more conversations with people because they've seen that. They're like, oh, now that makes sense, even league bowlers. But I would say it's sport. It's 
way more physical than you think. Yeah, it's not a contact sport, but it's definitely mentally taxing. So, um, and, that's, and it's a sport that can be done your entire life. Baseball, you might get 15, 20 years maybe, not even, probably 15, and then you play slow-pitch softball or competitive softball. Like, bowling something you can do in your entire life, just like golf. So I think that's kind of a unique aspect for me. It's me. Yeah, I agree. I think, obviously, I'm in the professional aspect, and I feel like we don't get a lot of, like, respect from other sports as we should. And like he said, you know, it's more mental sometimes than it is physical, and just knowing that we're bowling six, seven-game blocks, and then you have an hour break, and then you go back and you do the same thing. It's a full day of work. Mm -hmm. So it's just as much a sport as anything else. Yeah, we are not having that physical contact, but it's still a sport, and it's still taxing on your body. And I just – I think the PBA and the PWBA, they're doing awesome jobs at getting it out there and trying to push, 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 because – if you don't push and you don't get it on social media and you don't have them understand on TV like they are on the TV shows, then no one's going to understand. They're just going to change the channel. So trying to get that out there and getting them to understand is has been the hardest part I've seen as well. So, But it's also rewarding when you see people understand what you're explaining because they are putting things out there and tools out there that will help non-bowlers understand. So, yeah, just that it is a sport. And that we, one, we do deserve to be in the Olympics because it's hard. Okay. (laughs) We do. It's hard. And it's, you know, I'm on Team USA. I've done these things. But it's not, I feel like with these elite sports, sometimes they think anybody can go and play football at a young age. Anybody can go and play basketball, baseball, which you can. But it takes a different skill to do it your whole life with bowling. And anybody can bowl and anybody can start and I think that's what makes our sport unique is that you could start at two or you could start at 20 and still be the best in the world so yeah I was gonna say uh, so in business it's barriers to entry is kind of the term for it Um, I would say obviously soccer you literally just need any type of ball so the barrier of entry is very very low with bowling it's a little different I mean you can go in and if you want to get yourself started you can use the house balls house shoes but Like, if you want to get into it, I think that's what kind of draws people back. It's like, all right, I have to get shoes. I have to get a bag. I have to get a ball. You have to put money out for it. Yeah. So I think that's, like, the hardest part of getting it going. Um, In retrospect, it's pretty cheap. It's, like, half the price of getting started in golf. And then, again, you don't also (laughs) lose your bowling balls like you do golf balls. (laughs) So um, it kind of tied over. Uh, I kind of missed the point in the last question, but um, it's very much like golf. So golf is a four-hour round. From the time that, like, somebody hits and it's your turn, it's probably 30 seconds. So you hit 70 shots, 30 seconds apiece, that's 35 minutes out of four and a half, five hours around. Same thing with bowling. Like, we have five girls bowling, eight girls in the set. We bowl across eight hours. Like, Kira, if you're the first bowler and Rian's the fifth bowler or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, you're waiting five and six and seven minutes for 35 seconds of focus. And you laugh, but 35 seconds is pretty hard to focus like when you're like all those surroundings so yeah. um again that's where i think it ties like we can physically prepare y'all but like the mental aspect of it is kind of what is the hardest part trying to stay focused across that time frame so well thank you guys so much for coming we really appreciate it um kind of end out our episode here are some things happening on campus this weekend uh, so firstly it's the men's hockey on friday the 29th at 7.47 and Saturday the 30th at 3.15pm 
We've got women's soccer on Friday at 5 and Sunday at 12. Uh, men's soccer follow the women at Friday at 7.30 and Sunday at 2.30. Saturday, we have a home football tournament against Truman State. That starts at 1 p.m. And then we have Spooky Sex Program on Friday 10 to 1. And I believe that is in PAC. Um, and then Friday, starting at 5, there's um, an open sand volleyball going on at the courts by the suites. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with another episode of MCK You Know.